So this is our second time trying to record this because uh, we had some technical difficulties the first time. The recording didn't save. I just didn't save it. <laughs> I didn't I realize it didn't though. Bust. Um, and it's going to be a very, I don't know if laid back episode is the right word for today. Um, I was telling Alicia before this recording, because we were re-recording, I was like, great, I don't have to make chapter summaries. I already have them written out. All is good. What I failed to remember is that I often write the chapter summaries while I'm waiting for stuff in the lab, in my lab notebook. Which is a stupid place to write them. They shouldn't be in there. <laughs> They're there. It's like, it's like four pages on how to extract DNA from E. coli. And then a random chapter summary of Anne of the Island. I'm sure what, whatever student after me is going to have a fun time with that one. I came home to do this recording and I left my lab notebook school so I do not have um, chapter summaries so they're going to be kind of off the cuff today we're going to try to remember what happened um, as it's as it's happening I have stopped making notes <laughs> I shouldn't have admitted that I listened to an audiobook and I could make notes later but I haven't so far. Um, so I, I will flag things in my book, and I just kind of go off of those. But that doesn't work as well when you don't remember exactly the order of events. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going off your. I was really, really going to rely on those chapter summaries. <laughs> That's okay. I'm still going to do them. Mm -hmm. They're just going to be um, a, a little different today. They're going to be from my mind. I did I did scan back through the chapters. Mm -hmm. So the important events will be summarized. In a concise way, I can't guarantee that. Yeah, it's just whatever is in your brain. Yes. That's like when I ask, I try to ask my students who are six, how they figured something out in math. I'm like, oh, what did you do to figure that out? And they just say, it was just in my brain. I just knew it, Miss Campbell. Th this episode of our podcast is going to be like, you know the game Telephone? Mm. It's kind of going to be like after you've sent the phrase through the telephone. It kind of resembles what was originally said, but we can't guarantee you everything will be right. No. Some people might be listening to this and being like, mm, it's not, that's not quite what happened. Yeah. So, how are you, Nicole? Oh, pretty good. Um, I feel like I say this every time, like, just extremely busy. See, I wasn't too bad, like, two or three weeks ago, but we weren't really recording podcasts two or three weeks ago. Um, just because, like, a, a bunch of other stuff had came came up. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if anything of note has happened in my life. Oh, I went to visit some um, a friend of ours last weekend, and we did a 
um, event at the ROM or the Royal Ontario Museum, which is a big museum in Toronto uh, called ROM After Dark. And it's basically uh, like the museum gets a like big dance floor going and a bunch of different activities. And there's like food and drinks and you can roam the exhibits with your food and drinks. Um, so yeah, it's basically like going out for a night like clubbing, but there's dinosaurs involved. So it's, it's quite fun. <laughs> the best clubs have dinosaurs. They really do. Uh, yeah. How about you, Alicia? Um, pretty good. This week's less busy for me. Those report cards and parent teacher are done, which is always nice to have those done. And then, I mean, this isn't really stuff I have to say on the podcast, but I was going to tell you this. There are, apparently, in this end of the province, no dentists with any availability. Oh. Yeah, because I was thinking, I have insurance now. Perfect, I'll go to the dentist. Haven't went in like a year. Uh, no, none will have me. They're all booking for 2024. Oh my god. Yes. I, w- I, I was just looking the next three months. Anything. And they're all like, that's hilarious. Go away. You can come, in, come back in February of 2024 if you'd like. Um, so instead what I am doing... Instead of going to the dentist anywhere near where I currently live, I am going to drive five hours to go to the dentist, my old dentist. Oh, and Annie Ganesh. Yeah. Oh, I just said that. Uh, on convocation weekend. That's going to be an exciting and fun convocation weekend for you, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a tight schedule because I might also get my eyes checked that morning um, in the valley. And then I have to leave the valley, get my boyfriend from the airport, drive to Antigonish, maybe quickly have something to eat. Maybe I'll, I'll let him have something to eat. And then right to the dentist. Wow. Cleaned. And then convocation weekend fun. Amazing. Wow, you're really getting to like try out all the healthcare across the across the province. Yeah, it's not the ideal way to do that weekend, but I need to get my teeth cleaned. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Should we get into the book? Yeah, did we ever talk about? No, I don't think so. Cause I don't think we've recorded since Megan sent us that stuff. Oh, the stuff calling me out for my... Just a few things, didn't she? She sent us a map. No. She sent us something. She sent us a map circling Kingsport, Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. She sent us the novascotia.com, which I assume is like the government website breakdown of the regions yeah of nova scotia throwing back to our our yarmouth argument yeah whereas it breaks them down as halifax metro northumberland shore south shore cape Breton island so far you agree with all these nicole Mm -hmm. uh yarmouth and acadian shores 
Eastern Shore, Bay of Fundy, and Annapolis Valley. Okay. I think that's a lot of regions, but I'll take it because it's the government of Nova Scotia. You're not going to argue with them. Okay, so here's my question for you then, Nicole. You get to decide how many regions are in Nova Scotia and what they are called. They've given this power to you. Um, how many are there and what are their names? I'm going to get people real mad for Nova <laughs> Scotia. I think, well. Be cutthroat. Okay. Some places don't matter. We can admit it. <laughs> See, I've always thought there's like, how am I going to do this? Sorry. I'm getting a map up. Because I personally break it down by the school boards, kind of. And that's the, like, eastern, western, northern one. Kind of. So it has... Because um, like, that's what I think. I the think very tippy part of Cape Breton is Cape Breton, Victoria, something. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of Cape Breton and... It's a weird school board. Um, Anaganish, I think all the way to Enfield okay. is straight regional center for education. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like Cape Breton, an extended area, although it shouldn't go to Enfield if, if, yeah. if we're putting it in those terms. And then there's kind of like, it's not called the Eastern Shore, but there's like that side, that Chinecto. Yeah. And then there's the valley. That makes sense. No argument with that. South Shore. That makes sense. No argument with that. And then there's Tri-County, which is like Digby, Yarmouth, Shelburne. Okay. And I think that's fine. I mean, Digby's kind of the valley, but whatever. See, I feel like... (laughs) I'm afraid now. I, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to say there's, like, four areas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's, like, Halifax gets mm-hmm. one in surrounding area. Oh, and there's Halifax in that. I totally forgot yeah. about Halifax. Halifax in surrounding area. Um, when you get off, like, if you're heading on... See, this is very Halifax-centric, because... As far as I'm aware, there are sort of four or three main highways that go out of Halifax. One of them is going to bring you down to what I'm calling the, I'm not going to give this region a name, but the region that we we thought about last time. There's the highway that you leave. The valley? The valley Yarmouth down there, right? Okay. Does that include South Shore? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so you lumped basically yeah. half the province together. And then there's the other half, which is New Glasgow, Anaganish, Cape Breton, all of that. Uh-huh. And then there's the little tippy bit okay. connecting New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. Um, like Amherst. Amherst. Yeah, Amherst. Um. I'm going to call Truro. No, Truro is on the very edge of that. Okay. Four regions. Down, up, middle, Halifax. Halifax. <laughs> um, 
I'm not saying okay. these are cultural regions. No. I'm not saying these are the way anything should be done. <laughs> I'm saying that these are how the highways go. Like, the two areas are fairly small. Yes. And then the other are so large. Pardon? Halifax has half the province's population. Yeah. But it's a little wild to say South Shore and Annapolis Valley are the same area. But okay, the, do you want, in this scenario, Nicole was in charge. Nicole says, Ghost. Yeah, you're arguing with um, my decisions. There have been much, much worse lines drawn on maps. How long, or how far are we into this? 17 um, minutes, perfect. Great. So thank you, Megan. Did she not? Was there not a map of where Kingsport is? Yeah. You? <laughs> I mentioned that. You did not. Not as hard <laughs> as you mentioned my, uh, what I screwed up on last week. You kind of glossed over that one. She did circle Kingsport, our flag Kingsport, on a map. It's in the valley. It's where I said it was. I think it's near New Minus. Okay. Are we ready for chapter nine? An unwelcome lover and a welcome friend? Yes. Okay. So in this chapter, there's a couple things that go on. At the beginning, there's some insight into Anne's, um, I guess, um, in, into, sorry, I'm doing a bad job of this. I'm going to get it back together here. I don't want to say unwilling, but maybe unwilling is the best word. At the beginning of this chapter, there's some insight into sort of Anne's potential romantic interests, whether or not she knows their potential romantic interest. Um, there's Gilbert, uh, who I think we've um, always known is part of that, um, part, part of Anne's potential romantic interest even though she doesn't think he is and um Gilbert is very careful now not to let Anne know that he thinks of her as a potential romantic interest the second one which is the big I guess reveal for this chapter is Charlie Sloan asks Anne to marry him in the I guess, parlor of their boarding house with all of Miss Miss Ada's cushions all around. And is Anne is very offended by this proposal, though she does let him down, down gently the first time. And then Charlie gets mad. And then um, Anne, in characteristic fashion, gets mad and they have a bit of an argument over it. Um, and Charlie is ends up being quite upset with Anne. Um, and then, so um, after that happens, Anne gets a letter from an old friend from Queens, Stella. And Stella tells Anne that she has decided to uh, stop teaching for a little bit and come to Redmond next year. And that she's looking, uh, she was wondering if 
Um, Anne and Priscilla would like to find a boarding house, or not a boarding house, would like to find a house for rent with her in Halifax, and her aunt would come and live with them. Uh, so Anne and Priscilla start looking for boarding houses. They don't have very much luck. Once, um, but at the very end of this chapter, they um, see that Patty's place, if you remember from previous chapters, has a sign on it saying it's going to be, uh, they're looking for people to lease it. And Anne decides that it's fate and they're going to call on the owners of Patty's place tomorrow and see if they can lease it. Do you have any thoughts about this chapter? Yes. First, do you have anything to say about the Gilbert Bly? Uh, I think that it's pretty characteristic. It's not out of the norm of what we've seen before from him. No, it's just kind of more of what we've seen. But now we know that other people also see this and pair them together. And yeah. they go to a lot of events together. So Anne isn't like, like, I wouldn't say she's rejecting Gilbert or like making any kind of statement that she's not interested. No. No. Um, I would say she has to Charlie Sloan. I'm not sure exactly where he's coming from with this proposal. No, and she kind of says that too. She's like, I didn't give him any reason to think that I would want this. Yeah. No, this did. We were very pro Charlie Sloan before because they're so mean to him. Yeah, but this is a bad look. This is a bad look. I, I'm less pro Charlie Sloan now. You have to take rejection. I was going to say graciously. You just have to take rejection. He's so rude. Yeah. Um, and also, like, everybody else is like Gilbert and Anne. Yeah. Bobby, couple to be. Gilbert and Charlie are friends. And then Charlie proposes to the girl that his friend is obviously interested in. You would like to see what happened at their boarding house that night. Yeah. <laughs> so you like, that was a, you, you what now? <laughs> yeah. Because you know Charlie comes in all mad. Yeah. How dare she? Who is she to reject me? And then you did what? Because I also feel like it Excuse must be. It, it couldn't have been. Maybe it was. I can't imagine it was that common for people to men to propose to women at this time. Having not like gone to events with them. Yeah. Or, like, That's happened to her twice now. I also get that Anne doesn't, I guess, technically have a father figure. Mm. But you would think there'd be some amount of, like, consideration for her family. I don't know. Like, do I guess they just don't give Marilla the heads up in I the patriarchal so. society. Very also, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> what? No, I was going to say, but then I, I think I'm wrong. Courting's a thing that happened way before that, right? I think, like, way before this? I don't know. 
I feel like no one's mentioned courting in this, so it can't have been. I know, I know things that have happened in the past. I don't have any timeline for any of this. I think there'd be some. There'd be some people that would still call it court courting. Because you just think there must be some stages leading up to the proposal. It's yeah. not like, I know you, we're on friendly terms, bam, proposal. Yes. No, it, it, it does seem like men are proposing, like men just wake, in this book, just wake up one day and are like, I think I'm going to ask her. I'm getting the upper farm. Uh, <laughs> this name popped into my head. Let's go for it. Except by let's, I mean, let Jane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyways, <laughs> Miss Ada's cushions are now safe from Charlie Sloan. They are. And gets a letter. Um, no comment. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say about the letter. The letter. The thing seems to be mostly to introduce the idea that they need to start looking for a place to live. Yeah, and then they don't like any of the places, right? Did they start looking? Yes. They're having a hard time finding something suitable in their budget. Okay. And then Patty's place is uh, suddenly available. It seems like fate. Oh, we do we do found, find out the aunt's name in the letter, though. Oh, yes. I remember us talking about this. Yeah, Jamesina. After yep. a James... Her father, whose name was James, and drowned at sea before she was born. They might have been... I don't know. As somebody, Alicia, you've done a lot more apartment hunting than I have. Sorry, I'm just looking at this paragraph. Um, they might have been being a little bit picky, but maybe you're supposed to be. Can you so read to me they're, what their standards were? Were houses galore. Furnished, unfurnished, but one too big, one too small, too expensive, too far from Redmond. Um, and they had they weren't able to find their dream house. Hmm. Which I do have to say, it's not often you find your dream house when looking for college apartments. No, like they're not buying something. I think they were being a little too picky. Yeah. Um I mean, like, too small, that can be valid. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, I think my favorite apartment I lived in was the, was the smallest one. So we That's- had to pay for heating, and it was super easy to keep warm. Except I guess it wasn't always warm. One of my roommates went camping once, and on this camping trip, all they had to make shelter was a tarp. And she made a video that night and then showed me later in which it was her and her sleeping bag under her little tarp tent that she made. It was both my roommates, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, here I am in the woods in Canada in October. It is however many degrees. I'm outside. This is the ground I am on. And you can see out there is the wilderness. There's a tarp above us. And I am warmer right now than I would be inside my apartment that is inside <laughs> uh but i feel like once we got it warmed up it stayed warm yeah yeah 
No, I had a I had a pretty large bedroom in my university apartment, and that thing did not stay warm. No. It I'd wake up with frost on the inside of the window some mornings. Mm-hmm. So after exams, um the end of this chapter sort of ends with them out on a walk. They're out on, uh, I think this is quite common for Anne of Green Gables. They're always out on lovely walks. Mm-hmm. Whenever I read I, whenever I read it, I'm like, oh, I want to go on a nice summer walk. And then it's, I go outside and it's hailing. And I'm like, this, this isn't quite as magical. Um, but on their walk after exams, they see Patty's place has a sign on it um saying it's for rent and priscilla is actually pretty like priscilla is a realist she does not feel that this is going to happen but Anne, Anne has a feeling and usually in these books when Anne has a feeling about something it's right mm-hmm. any anything else to say for this chapter Yes, I'm just trying to get some facts straight. I really liked this chapter. And I remember having a good time talking about it last time. Um, Don't really remember what I said. I just like the idea of these two lady old ladies just knitting away while these girls are so nervous. And being like, I love this. May we please have it? And just like, there, there's lots to examine here. They're... Standards are also too high because they were going to let it, decided they didn't have to because they couldn't find someone who loved the house. Which I wouldn't, if you're looking to rent, you're not going to find people who are like passionate about your property. And they want someone who didn't want to change the name. Mm-hmm. So they're going to Europe and it says that Miss Patty's about 70 and Maria is 50. And Maria wants to go to Europe for the first time. And Miss Patty has to go with her because she can't let a young person like Maria go glo- gro- globe trotting alone, which I also loved. And I feel like there's been mention of these dogs, Gog and Magog. And the girls specifically ask or say that they can stay, stay out. So I feel like something's going to happen with them. Yeah. No, there's too much attention drawn to the China porcelain or China porcelain dogs. They, I think they say they're of a breakable material. Yeah. And Anne is involved. And we do have to remember, though she is older, she did fall through the roof of a hen house trying to look into a window. And get stuck in a thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. So there's there's some precedent for destruction of other people's property. Yeah, it's probably she's probably not the person you want to leave in charge of your porcelain precious dogs. So they get back and tell Silva. Yes, and she begs to be part of it. Mm-hmm. But they're pretty hesitant about that, which is fair. Yeah. Because they do not have the same funds as Philippa. And they're telling her that they're going to live modestly 
and they're going to have to do their cleaning and she's going to have to Time to be real. <laughs> she's going to have to pull her weight. Nice. And yeah. she's convinced. She says she can do it. She promises. Yeah, she seems very um, willing to give up those things. Mm-hmm. And last time we were saying... That we feel she has good intentions. Although this will be new for her, we think like she's gonna give it a good try, and it'll work out. I do. I I don't have an answer to this question. I do find it interesting um, that Philippa, being the like quite wealthy one at university, in like, and I understand that women women didn't go to university as commonly, but that Philippa as the very, like, wealthy one is the odd one out, mm. as opposed to a bunch of, like, as opposed to Anne and all of her, like, I mean, they're not, I was about to say they're, like, they're not poor, but, like, that's actually a fairly central theme of the book, Matthew lost all their money in the bank. Uh, so... <laughs> So, so I guess they kind of are, uh, but like more, I don't know, what, do you think middle class is the right way, way to say it? Yeah, and that, I guess we don't know that there, sorry, that there are, aren't more rich young ladies attending university. Do we? No, I, do, I don't think we do. So there might be. Yeah. It might, it might just be that this book focuses on yeah these women who don't have a whole lot of money and their rich friend <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. but i think i'm feeling optimistic about this group of roommates me too i think they're gonna have they're gonna have a good time mm-hmm. i mean we kind of already know some things that happen because i've read up to chapter 20 <laughs> Yes. Yes, because we were we were supposed we were going to record a different set of chapters today, but have I? No, I haven't read up to chapter twenty. I've just read up to sixteen. I'm just very bad at counting by four. <laughs> That's fair. I just I've got very confused about what we'd already recorded. Mm-hmm. Because there is a, a long stretch of not recording. Yeah. Yeah. No, it feels like we should be farther along than chapter, uh, like, even 16, but it's okay. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, are we ready? Okay, so chapter 11 is called The Round of Life, and it really switches tones quite quickly. Um, Anne is back in Avonlea for the summer, uh, and she's talking about all of the ways she's seen Avonlea change since she was last there. Um, So there were few people that have passed away, um, but most notably of which she notices Ruby Gillis um, is not looking well. And she asked Mrs. Lind about it. And Mrs. Lind says that Ruby Gillis has is dying of galloping consumption. Which is quite a shock to Anne's system uh, that one of her peers is dying. And Anne and Diana 
talk about this a little bit. And just at the very end of the chapter, um, Anne and Diana go to visit Diana's aunt Atosa, who is um, a very unpleasant person to be around. Um, and we'll, I'm sure we'll discuss that a little more in the chapter. I found this chapter, even when I did have a chapter summary written out for it, the shifting of tones is very hard to figure out. Because I was like, there must be something that bridges between Ruby Gillis passing away and the aunt Atosa misery, but there isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's strange thing to lump together. Yeah. For sure. I don't think I have much to say. I think the the one thing I just wanted to comment on is like in the first half of the chapter before the Antitosa stuff, you can really tell um there's a lot of sort of symbolism. Um I think I talked about this a little bit when we recorded last, but they've got all of the like ways that Avonlea is changing and they've really centered that like with people around um, death. They talk about or um, she talks about old Uncle Abe, I think is the most important of the people she lists off that have passed away. And then there's the thing with Ruby Gillis is um, sick. And things are changing, but as Diana and Anne are having the conversation about it, there's these big descriptions of the sunset and the day and the dusk, uh, which I think was—I mean, I'm not a—I'm not a big literary analyst, but even I was able to kind of tell that there was that um, sort of symbolism within the chatting. Mm-hmm. It's a very Lucy Maud Montgomery. Yeah. To talk about it. Just like how there was all the symbolism with Matthew's death and the ending of Anne's childhood. Yeah. And all that. Yeah. Antitosa must come back. If Antitosa doesn't come back, it could have been cut. <laughs> I mean, there was lots of stuff like that in Anne of Avonlea. I just, yeah, it, what's the purpose? And what was, like, it was it so important that it needed to be added in at the end of this chapter? Because it's not like this chapter doesn't, I feel like it has enough going on. Yeah. I didn't need it. Yeah. And, like, we already have, like, a, they even compare her to Eliza Andrews. Mm-hmm. We already have that sort of character, so we'll have to see, um... I don't know if it was to add maybe some comic relief because the story at the end. Just her classmate is dying. But don't worry, you're going to laugh now at this horribly mean relative of Diana's. Yes. Well, there is there is the story um, at the at the end, which like I, I don't think it quite hits, but um, that Diana's father tells Diana of um, Antitosa going up in in front of the church and just absolutely reaming out the entire con congregation, like getting up in the pulpit and just like pointing at people and being like, this is what's wrong with you and you and you. And the priest who was very deaf 
um, thought she was <laughs> saying a prayer. So she so she finishes reaming out the entire church, and the priest like kind of wakes up a little bit and goes, "Amen." Lord grant our dear sister's prayer. You ought to hear. Oh, sorry, I read more. Um, amen. The Lord grant our dear sister's prayer, and then, so that 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 was kind of funny. Oh, I forgot the other big thing, because uh, I thought it started at the next chapter. Um, but after the Antitosa stuff. Um, and does confide in Diana about her stories mm. that, or, or her story that she's writing. Which leads into the next chapter. Which does lead After. into the next chapter. Uh, so this is a pretty short chapter. Sorry, I just saw your <laughs> okay. text. <laughs> if you ever think that like when I'm doing the chapter summaries like there's weird pauses places and there's stuff like that it's that Alicia has this talent because we're on FaceTime like I can see her of like completely zoning out which is fine which is fair you don't have to be present during this entire podcast <laughs> and but then like gasping your turn to talk so I get to do other things which might be thinking about things I need to start thinking about for the next day or might be checking my messages and which I see shocking turn of events in our group chat yes I have you seen that yeah I was gonna save it for after the podcast but yeah. <laughs> okay I haven't read it I just read the first part Oh my gosh, there's more. Sorry, I haven't seen it all. Oh my god, there is more. Oh my god. Uh, so in chapter 12, um, Anne confides in Diana about the story she is writing that she wants to send away to be published. Um, sorry, hot second pause. Are we pretty sure it's Avril? Because I think that's what we've been saying. Or is it Avril? Avril, like Avril Lavigne. I don't know. I think this is an A this moment. We just stick. Okay, Avril. What we think. Oh, for Av Avril. Avril. Okay. So in this chapter, Anne uh, confides in Diana about a story she's writing to be, uh, to hopefully be published in one of the um, magazines. Uh, and the main character in Anne's story's name is Avril. And Anne and Diana discuss the story for a little while. Diana is very, very supportive. Um, and Anne tells Diana that she's going to let her and Mr. Harrison read the story when she's done before she sends it off to publishers. Um, so Diana reads the story and has a couple criticisms, uh, one of which she's sad that uh, one of the characters who is the villain in this story, um, dies, and that she actually quite liked the villain. Um, and also, Diana does not think that um, Avril should have cooked at all during the story, because she feels that uh, heroines don't, uh, story heroines shouldn't cook. Hmm. Just knowing what happens later, that's an interesting note from Diana. It is. Um, 
Anne does not really take much of this criticism. Um, and she hands it over to Mr. Harrison, who is also a much harsher cr critic than Diana. She He says she needs to cut out a whole bunch of the um, just long descriptions of sunsets, which Anne does agree to do. And also that um, instead of ending up with, instead of Avril ending up with the character that Anne wanted her to, Percival, uh, she should end up with the villain, which Anne does not like this suggestion. So Anne sends off the story to an American magazine and it is rejected. And she is uh, quite sad about it, but Diana encourages her to send it to um, Canadian women. And Anne sends it off to Canadian women and it also gets rejected. Um, and Anne decides that she is, decides to completely give up on writing and she's never going to write again. So, yeah, happy end of the chapter. That was sarcastic. That did not come across as sarcastic. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not happy that Anne has decided to stop writing. So, we learn that Anne is not very good at taking criticism. Which we kind of her. already knew from book one. Yeah. Your writing. Yeah. But what's the surprise here is um, Mr. Harrison, book critic. Yes. Yeah, he has big opinions and he's going for them. I really like that everyone's arguing with Anne about who the love interest should be. Yes. And, like, she doesn't get it at all. Because no. Mr. Harrison's saying... Maurice was much better. He didn't like Percival at all. And uh, Anne says, Maurice Lennox was the villain. I don't see why everyone likes him better than Percival. And Mr. Harrison says, Percival is too good. He's aggravating. Next time you write about a hero, put a little spice of human nature in him. Avril couldn't have married Morris. He was bad. <laughs> like, I just like the frustration, the <laughs> argument. What do you think? We we read a fair amount of stories and a fair amount of romance. Do you think it's more interesting than it's the villain? Or the not villain? <laughs> I, I would I would say see, I need to know what the villain did. Because there are some things mm -hmm. I feel like you can't come back from. But I do, I do have to say, it's often a more compelling romance story when they don't get along. Yes. From the beginning. That's like that book series you originally recommended, where you recommended the third book, because that's all yeah. you read. Uh, I went back and read the first two, and I the second one is by far my favorite of all of them. Where I suppose like they don't really like each other at the beginning in the third book, but they are like actively rivals. In the second book? Um, I don't know if I have... Oh, it's just the, the last bit of the chapter. I think we talked about last time we recorded it, too. The last paragraph. Um, unless you have something before that. Oh, just... I, I forget sometimes when this book was written, because it really was jarring to me. When at the end, like, Mr. Harrison is, like, really helping her, like, try to reach her goals and mm -hmm. do all these things. And at the end, 
she says, oh, maybe once I'm done Redmond, I'll start writing again. And he just goes, it'll be time for you to be getting a husband when you're through Redmond. I don't believe putting off marrying too long like I did. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I forgot that that's the end goal here. Yeah. Yeah. We are two proposals in. We are. She, yeah, she's not. Like, she's pretty popular with the with the boys. Because it even says earlier in the chapters, like, she would have had more suitors if it wasn't clear that, like, her and Gilbert Blythe yeah. had something going on. Which then is even more like, Charlie Sloan, what were you thinking? It's because he's a Sloan. They can't be fixed. We can't. It can't be helped. Is that, Is that our, our podcast? I think so. I don't have anything else to say. Okay. So thank you for listening. You can join us uh, next time as we read chapters 13 to 16 of Anne of the Island. If you'd uh, like to hear more from us, you can follow us at Gals of Green Gables Pod on Instagram. Or you can send us an email at gallsofgreengablespod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.